0: And once again, thank you all for being here today. We are in part two of a series that we are calling Everything is Awesome, Almost. It's the Everything is Awesome, Almost series. We started last Sunday, and uh, somebody gave me this. Check this out. This is some awesome spray. It's totally awesome, and so I thought I'd just spray this on myself and it would make me awesome. But that's not how it works. It's actually a cleaning solution, so um, today's message has been brought to you by Totally Awesome Cleaning Spray. So there's someone applauding for that. I don't even know if it works yet. But that's just a fun little thing. So yes, we're looking at this, uh, this, this topic of awesome and everything is awesome. Not everything, but there's a lot of good things going on in the world right now if you have the right kind of eyes to see, if you're looking for them. And so our kind of theme verse for this whole series is what we looked at last week from Philippians 4, uh, verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true... Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And that's the challenge of this series and this world that we live in, is to look for some good stuff because it's out there. Look for God at work. If you're looking for Him, you're going to find Him. And so that's the kind of fun challenge of this series is to look for all the awesome and all the wonderful and all the excellent and all the praiseworthy stuff that's going on in our world because it is happening. It is happening if we seek it out. And so we talked about that yesterday, how we're supposed to look on the bright side and we're trying to do this thing. And today, if you notice, the title of today's message is, You Are Awesome. You Are Awesome. Now, I know some of you came in and you saw that sermon tidy and thought, well, I know this already, okay? <laughs> tell me something I don't know, right? You are awesome. I'll tell you what, a little while ago, this is probably more than a little while ago, um, back in the day, we did a series on pride. Anybody remember that? Talking about pride for We talked about pride for a while. And so we were talking about pride on Sunday morning, and then we had small group on Tuesday evening talking about pride, and somebody came into small group wearing this shirt, this is what awesome looks like. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? You're going to come into a, st- a series about pride wearing this shirt? I'm not going to tell you who it was. We'll just call him K. Gibbs. No, that's uh, no, that's too obvious. We'll call him Kelby G. So he comes in wearing. Th- he's not even here today to defend himself. That makes it even funnier. Uh, but he comes in wearing this shirt. This is what awesome looks like, right? And he just so happened to have that shirt and he thought it would be fine to wear it and we are talking about pride and all that. He's got a sense of humor and we have a sense of humor with him. But, but there are some times, there are some times in life where you do feel kind of awesome. Sometimes, I mean maybe it's been a while, but there are some times where you feel that confidence, where you feel good about yourself. Maybe it's at the workplace where you've just done something, you've just closed the deal and it's like, yeah, I did it. Or maybe you're at home and it's like one of those afternoons where you spend organizing everything and everything's put away just the way it should be and you've got a whole system like, oh, man, I'm awesome. I got this figured out. Or maybe you're late, you're trying to drive somewhere and you know all the shortcuts. Oh, you know all the shortcuts and you got there and you beat the traffic because you're awesome, right? Do you have those moments in life where you do something that you're good at? All of us, we've got different skills, we've got different gifts, we have different abilities. And when you get a chance to shine, when you get a chance to do that thing that you know you're good at, it feels good. Feels awesome, doesn't it? And that's a good thing. And we talk about how important it is to have that self-confidence. And this is just the thing. I'm not just talking to Christians. This is a thing for everybody. Have that self-confidence. Have that positive self-image. Isn't that something we talk about? That's important to have. So it's good. And there's nothing in the Bible that says you're not allowed to feel good about yourself. You're not allowed to. No, you're allowed to feel good about yourself. When you're doing the thing that you're good at, when you're doing the thing that you're gifted to do, when you feel good about it, that's great. But then you can cross that line, can't you? You all know there's that line... Where you get into more like pride issues, or you get into arrogance, and it's like, well, that's that's, that's no good. That's no good to think too highly of yourself, where you have an unreasonable view of who you are and what you're capable of, and you go walking around all puffed out, I'm awesome, I'm this, I'm that. You know that's no good. There's a line that gets crossed there. But then you can cross the line in the other direction here. You know, sometimes you don't feel awesome at all. (laughs) Sometimes we can be very down on ourselves. You know, maybe, maybe it's because something happened at work and you handed something in and it's not what your boss wanted to see. Or you just feel like somebody else in the workplace is a little bit puffed up and somebody else gets puffed up. Maybe you start to shrink down a little bit. There are things that happen in life where you don't feel good about yourself. And we can do that thing where we just speak badly of ourselves and we have this negative self-image and it's not a good thing. And that's, it's not a good thing. And we start to be down on ourselves and we think we're less than what we are. That's, that's no good. That's no good, and so we've got this like sweet spot right in the middle. It can be dangerous to be arrogant. That's no good. Pride's no good. Being boastful no, is no good. Being down on yourself, that's no good either. But there's this sweet spot right in the middle. This sweet spot where you've got that right amount of self confidence, where you've got that that clear self awareness. We have that positive self image, and that's the spot where the truth reigns. That's the spot of honesty. You're realistic about who you are and what you're good at. It's not about boasting. You're realistic about who you are and what your limitations are. You know it's not about being down on yourself. You just have that positive, realistic self-image, and that's where the truth reigns. You get over here, you're in trouble. You go over there, you're in trouble. But there's that sweet spot. That's where we want to live. That's a great place to be. That's a great place to live. Now, for those of us who are Christians, it can be a little bit complicated because we go to this book, the Bible, and if we try to read this book, and if we read some stuff in this book that's that's very uplifting and very encouraging, But then there are things that we read in Scripture that might not be so uplifting. You know, you read some stuff about yourself in this book. Did you know that? You're in this book. You know, you read some stuff about humankind if you're here today, and if you're a human being, this book says things about you. It says things about all of us human beings and what we're like. And there's some tough news in this book. You know, one of the things we read in the book of Romans is that everybody's a sinner, and we've all fallen short of God's standard. That's not exactly a positive, uplifting message, is it? (laughs) That's kind of a downer. And you read things in this book and you start to think about how, oh man, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress and I'm, you know, I fall short in all these areas. You read about how you have a heart that's deceitful in the book of Jeremiah. You read about how your heart can lie to you and how your feelings can lie to you. That's not exactly uplifting and encouraging. And so it can be tough when you're a Christian and you try to read this book and you read about yourself and you read some things that aren't so great. And then it's even more complicated when you go to, you know, maybe you go to a church on a Sunday morning and you hear a message and the pastors talk to you all about things that you need to work on this and you need to work on that and you need to work on this. That can be tough. And let me just tell you right now, if you've ever walked out of this place feeling bad about yourself, I'm sorry. Really, I'm sorry. That's never my goal. You know that? I don't sit around all week thinking, hmm, how can I make people feel better about themselves? That's not, what I, that's not what I do over the course of the week. But it is my job to challenge. I know that. It is my job to encourage. I know that. But I know what, I, I've got a lot of weaknesses and shortcomings as a pastor and as a speaker. And one of my things is I'm always looking to what can we do better, how can we be better. I see where we are as a church, what's the next step? What do we need to do to become that thing? What do we need to do to become the ideal? And I know that's one of my weaknesses, one of my shortcomings. is I'm so focused on that, it's tough for me to celebrate who you are and where we are together as a church. And so if you've ever walked out of this place feeling less than or feeling bad about yourself, I'm sorry. That was my mistake, Okay. But we have to find that right place where it's like, you know what we're good at. We know what your strengths are. You know what your weaknesses are. You have that realistic, honest self-awareness. And so let me tell you some things today. The sermon title is called You Are Awesome because you are awesome. You are awesome. The you in the you are awesome is you. (laughs) Each and every single one of you are awesome. This isn't about flattery today. Let me just make that clear, all right? I'm not standing up here to flatter you, to give you a pat on the back. I'm here to report some things about you that I've read in the Scripture, and I'm here to just tell you about them. You are awesome. You look like you don't believe me. You are. You are awesome. Let's take a look at what the Bible says about you. Genesis. Why not start at the beginning? Genesis chapter 1, the beginning of the beginning here. You may have heard this verse before. But this is God, how He created all things, created the universe, created all life, and then He creates humankind. He creates people. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Over the centuries, there has been debate and discussion and confusion over what this means that we were made in the image of God. What in the world does that mean? Now, at the risk of oversimplifying things there, I want to tell you a little like, my insight into what that means, and maybe I'm not quite right about this, but I think of it like looking at, looking at the mirror. When you look in the mirror, you see an image of yourself, right? You see a reflection of who you are. It's not really you, but it's a reflection. And so I believe that God has built into you a reflection of himself. There's something about God's character that pours through you. That's pretty awesome. You are awesome because you carry a reflection and image of, of God with you. You are awesome. You really are. You carry God's image with you. You are awesome. There's a, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, this is um, God speaking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet back in the Old Testament days, and this was after the nation of Israel was divided, and so you had Israel, and then you had Judah. And, and basically, Jeremiah was a prophet, which is one who speaks for God. He was speaking to the people of Judah. And so there's this passage in the beginning of Jeremiah that talks about you know, a God calling Jeremiah and telling him what he was about to do, and it says... This is Jeremiah writing. it says, The word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me. And this is what God says. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I anointed you as a prophet to the nations. And So there's this concept that God knew and God was the creative force behind Jeremiah by creating this person. Same idea is expressed in Psalm 139, verse 13, where David talks about being knit together in his mother's womb. And so what we have in the Bible is this idea that you, you are not a random accident. You were created on purpose by God, by a God of order, by a sovereign God, by a God who knows what He's doing. That God created you. I was reading something online. This isn't like a verse from the Bible or whatever, but it says, isn't it awesome that the God of the universe that created all things, that is infinite in power, infinite in love, he looked down at this world and he said, you know what this world needs? It needs a you. God created you. Now, there are so many messages in this world that can kind of undercut that idea, that can undercut that truth. You know, was that when I was going to school... I went to public school and all this, and we went to science class, of course, and you learn about, uh, you know, the theory of evolution, you learn about how life came to be, and you learn about how the solar system was formed, and you learn about all these things, and I wasn't a great science student, maybe you were, but I tell you this, I never had a teacher tell me, hey, listen, God didn't create the world. Nobody ever told me that explicitly, and I never had a teacher say to me, hey, listen, your life is just kind of random, and it doesn't mean anything. I never had anybody tell me that outright, but it certainly was implied, through so all these messages that we can kind of pick up here and there. We can start to feel like, oh, I'm not that important. I'm just like, you know, I'm just, it's just random that I'm here, okay? It's not random. It's not random. I mean, the Bible tells us, even in the book of Acts, there's this idea that God, it's not just that God created you. He created you and put you on this earth at this specific time for a specific reason, all right? You may have been a surprise to your parents, but you weren't a surprise to God. Let me just say that, okay? God knew what he was doing. God knows what he's doing. It was no accident when he created you. Don't we have the the, the passage that Tom read for us this morning? Take a look at that in your bulletin from Ephesians chapter two. Now, this is a passage of scripture, and I'll just tell you this was um this is kind of your bonus sermon for the day. (laughs) But as I was struggling as a Christian, a younger Christian, to understand this whole relationship between, you know, what does salvation mean and what do you have to do? I mean, why do you have to do things if Jesus is the one who saves you? Do you still have to do good works and how does this all work out? And so this passage really addresses that issue. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. as a, a gift from God. And so Paul is clarifying. Paul's the one who wrote this book. He's clarifying to the Christians in Ephesus. He's saying to them, You don't save yourselves. You can't save yourselves. Jesus has done that work for you. It's not about what you have done. It's about what Christ has done. It's not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so what Paul is saying is, okay, if you're asking how, if the question is how are you saved, the answer is by Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ and by His grace. That's how you were saved. If you're going to ask why you were saved, which might be the bigger question or the better question. I don't know if it's better. It's a bigger question. If you're going to ask why were you saved, here's the answer. To do good works. So you're not saved by good works. You're saved to do good works. But listen to this. We, and the we in that, that includes you, okay? You're a part of this we. We are God's handiwork. Isn't that a fun way to put it? We are God's handiwork. Did you ever build stuff? Do we have any builders? We got some builders here. You make things, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, this is my handiwork. We are God's creation. We are His handiwork. And we were created in Christ Jesus. Now, this is what, like, all oh, the Bible says all these complicated things about Jesus. One of the ideas that we have about Jesus, one of the things that we're taught about Jesus is that he is the source of life. We learn that in the book of John, chapter 1, it talks about how Jesus was the source of everything that has come to be. And so even before he was born to this world, he was, and he is the source of life. And so we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know what that means? You are awesome. You carry God's image with you. And you were created on purpose, and God has built a purpose into your life. You have a mission in this world. It's not random that you're here. It's not by chance. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go through life, and maybe I'll do some good stuff along the way. And that, No, 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 no. You were created to do these good works. You were created with a mission built inside of you. you that's awesome. You are awesome. You have the power of God with you. You carry the image of God with you. You have a mission of God built inside you as part of your design. You are awesome. Now, there's this thing that happens, and I believe in this. I believe in the local church. I believe in the power of the local church. But when you, when you kind of give yourself over to Jesus and you connect with that local church and you accept that gift of salvation, there's something that can happen in you if you let it. That thing you were built to do, that mission you were designed to accomplish, it is unlocked in you. And you can do the thing that you were called to do. Not just called to do. You can do the things that you were created to do. And so that's why you're awesome. That's why you're awesome. Because you were created to do God's work. You were created as as, as a strategic part of God's plan. That's how awesome you are. And so this isn't just about doing the things that you were called to do. This isn't just about doing the things that you were created to, created to do. This is about becoming the person you were created to be. Lean into that. Lean into that. And like I said, there's this sweet spot here and we can be a little bit too arrogant we can be a little bit down on ourselves. We don't want, we just want to lean into what have you called me to be God? What have you created me to be? I want to be that person. I want to do that work. I don't know exactly what it is God has created you to do. I don't know the specifics. I don't know the little nuances of how God's will is going to play out in your life. I just know he has a mission for you. I know that. So lean into that. One of the tough, tough things about Christianity is you never reach that finish line in this earth. <laughs> that's a really, that's, that's been a tough thing for me <laughs> as far as following Jesus. You never reach that finish line. In other words, you understand what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love people more. You're supposed to love people more. You're supposed to love people better. You're supposed to serve people. You're supposed to do all this stuff. And it's like, as soon as you get close to that finish line, the finish line gets further away. You know, It's tough. It's tough to find peace there. Here's what I want. I want to be able to get to a point in my life and a point in my faith where someone could come up to me and say, hey there, Mr. Christian. Hey there, Josh. You could be loving people better. You could be sacrificing more. You could be giving more. You could be representing Jesus better. And I would want to be able to say to that person, you know what? You're wrong. I'm giving it 100%. But I'm never going to get there. Not on this side of heaven. <laughs> And so we, those of us who are Christians, those of us who are t- trying to take our faith seriously, those of, us who are, those of us who are trying to take that next step, we need to live with this peace that we're never going to arrive, and that's okay. That's part of the design. We keep following Jesus. When you're following Jesus, he's always ahead of you. You never catch up. Hey, here we are. <laughs> Not in this life. You keep following. And so to have that, to be, in, like I said, to be in that sweet spot with the Lord, I know I'm a work in progress, and that's okay. I know I'm never going to reach that finish line, and that's okay, because I have a purpose that you have built into me, God, and I'm going to do my best to live into that purpose, to find out what it is. And so that's really the question for all you awesome people, is what is that purpose? What is that thing? What are those things that God has created you to do? You know, one of the mistakes that we Christians make is sometimes when we think about the will of God and our purpose in this, we, th- we think a little bit too, too big maybe, I guess to put it that way. I always think of Bill Coble. He's the founder of Start With One Kenny. He's doing this great work in Kenya. He's saving people's lives. He's giving people water filters. And so it's a very dramatic story of a man giving up his everything, giving up his everything in the United States, selling all of his stuff and moving to Kenya to do this incredible thing. Wow, what a mission from God. And it is powerful, but maybe your mission is just as powerful, but not quite as dramatic. Can I put it that way? Maybe it's about you having a conversation with your spouse, with your child, with your parent, with your coworker. Maybe the reason that God has put you in this world is to have one conversation about Jesus <laughs> with someone that you're close to. And that's just as important and just as necessary and just as powerful. Lean into that. Whatever the thing is God created, lean into that. Maybe your mission, maybe you are supposed to do something big. Maybe you are supposed to give up, or maybe you are supposed to sell all your stuff. Or maybe you're just supposed to be a reflection of Jesus Christ in the workplace. (sighs) Maybe you're going to zig when everybody else zags. Maybe that's part of your mission. Live into that. It's just as important. Live into that. You know, a small group a couple weeks ago. And uh, we got into a conversation. You know, I go into small group with a plan. Did you know that? It may not be obvious. But I do have some kind of a plan of what we're going <laughs> to talk about. And so somehow in conversation, we started talking about how hope started. And I was kind of telling my story with hope and how that started. And, and somebody in small group was being, being um, encouraging and, and affirming of me and saying, Hey, well, that was really cool. You took this step of faith, and that's all well and good. And, you know, and that's fine. That's all, you know, I appreciate that feedback and all that. But, but here's the thing. All of you who are here today who have done this strange thing of walking through those doors in this theater and showing up to worship God, you're pretty awesome for doing that. Do you realize how strange this is? I mean, it's not strange by New Testament standards, but it's strange culturally. (laughs) Going to church anymore is strange. Showing up somewhere to worship is strange, but to do this thing this place, this weird theater with the weird bathrooms and the weird, like this is a weird thing. If this is your first Sunday with us today, you are awesome for doing, for showing up. You are awesome for saying yes, because this is weird. If you've been here more than once, you're pretty awesome. You came, you experienced it, you decided to come back, you're awesome. And for those of you who have been here and who are volunteering and who are sacrificing and are... Like you are, you are, you are awesome. Friends, we are in this together. You've got your purpose, you've got your purpose, you've got your, we all come together, and those purposes intersect and form up together, and we become this thing called a church, and we do the things that Christ has created us to do. You are awesome. You are awesome. You know what? Today is one of these Sundays where I feel like I could say a whole lot more. <laughs> but why don't we just leave it at that for today? You are awesome. It's not about pride. It's not about being boastful. It's about being created by God. So lean into that. Accept that. Some, some of you all have a tough time receiving that affirmation, receiving that praise. I'm praying that you will receive it. Know, know that you are awesome. Let's pray. Father God, it is tough. (laughs) It is tough. I mean, so much of what we we read about in Scripture, so much of what we read about you is is tough to understand, it's tough to believe, it's tough to accept. And one of the things that's tough for us to to accept is the reality that you have made us, that we carry your image, that we are part of your plan. That's overwhelming, God. God. So I just pray for everyone who's gathered here today that we would be able to receive that, accept that, embrace this reality that you have made us to be awesome. Father God, allow us to lean into you, to lean into our relationship with you, to discover what it is you have created us to do. And Father God, I pray for us as a church that we would come together and do the works that you've preordained for us, that we would accomplish your will in this community at this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Our closing song today is Cornerstone. Please rise and join us.